and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast, number, what, 18? Yep. 18? Wow. We're of age. We can vote now. I'm your host, Brian. <laughs> With me tonight is Ian. Hello, everybody. And Mac. Still upright and thinking. How are you guys doing this evening? Still upright and thinking. Really? Wow. Doing good, doing good. Good. All right. Not sure if I'm upright or thinking, but... Well, it's time for you to do some thinking and tell us about Mile High Con. Okay, well, once more, we got to push it. We um, are doing a live podcast at Mile High Con 42 on October the 23rd. We will be after the masquerade. So if you're at Mile High Con, you know about the masquerade. It's great to do. You'll probably be in the room. Just hang out and crash. And, you know, it's late enough. You want a little break from everything. Stay there and um, watch our podcast. It should be about 10 p.m. Um, for those of you who have not been to Mile High Con, it is basically the um, premier science fiction convention in the Denver area. Um, and lo- a bunch of local writers, myself included, will be there. Um, a few bigger names, that, of course, will be there. Um, they'll be If you, you spend the whole week in the of gaming, movies, anime, anything you name. They have tons of stuff going on. But, of course, for our purposes, the most important thing is we're doing the podcast. Yes. So so let me ask you this. What's the difference between Mile High Con and StarCon? Uh, StarCon is one that focuses more on the TV shows and the movies and stuff, while um, Mile High Con is actually more literary-focused, but it still does have movies and TV shows and you know pa- panels for that, and people that are interested in that will find stuff. Too. Okay. But it focuses more on the li- literature, on you know, the writers and stuff. All right. And uh, I need to apologize for podcast number 17 because it did not come out on time, and uh, that was because I had some computer hardware issues. I did manage to recover it, and uh, it is now it is now out. Uh, and actually, it just went out today, and there's no notes up there yet. It's bad. This one will be coming out pretty much right on top of it. Uh, we're going to have the Halloween special ready. For yeah, that. So that that one we're going to do a little bit more editing and clean up on. So it, okay. it's going to. We're going to wait. A, I'm going to put a, put a little bit more time into that one than I do the normal episodes. We had uh, a lot of technical difficulties there, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, and you know you were the one. You were our, kind of our expert on that show, and you kept cutting out. So yeah, I'm that clean that up. But as, still, so that means that you know it took a little while for us to get 17 to you guys, but you're getting like three of them right together to make up for it. Yeah, and we apologize for that. And you know yeah. we. we know that uh, that this is a reminder that there is something worse than a root canal um but uh, bear with us just uh, a word of warning don't take all podcasts on the same day stick with the recommended daily ones. yeah that i think that's that's a good idea you think are you saying we can overpower our listeners a bit if they get too much of us I, i'm what, saying that they mean, might prefer we, i can overpower yeah. our list yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm saying that they might prefer, prefer to hear a chalk uh, a fork on a chalkboard that's what i'm saying Oh man, geocentrism, really? Seriously? That's yep. your cue, buddy. I got it. All right. Okay, so actually, I, this article is very well written. Yeah, it, I, it I, is a good article. Because it basically talks about frame of reference. And it talks about how one frame of reference, geocentrism, works. Oh, I didn't realize. So this is Phil Plate. Okay. Because I heard him talking about this on uh, Dr. Kiki Science Hour. So that that's why it was so for me. Okay. So but, if you want to hear him talk about it, you can head on over to a Dr. Science. Go ahead. That, that actually sounds like it's all we're doing. But, it, you know, we, as a society, we develop beyond the geocentrism, or Earth is in the center, blah, blah, blah. But th- this article goes into, it depends on where your reference point is on what is the center. 
for most of our practical purposes, yeah, we use the sun as the center, but that's not even the center because you have the galaxy. Right. But that, for the most part, that's not, you know, the center of the galaxy is meaningless to us because it, you know, isn't within our realm of, and at times our needs, guess what? The Earth being the center works and makes sense. So it, it was one of the, these articles that really just said, you know, look at the perception, look at what you need, and that is what is relevant to your frame of reference. Well, yeah, and he talks about in the article that, um, you know, depending on what you're looking at, it is acceptable to use a geocentric model when we're looking at, you know, certain stars and when we're lighting our telescopes and such. You know, we, we use our, the point of reference that, we, that we're floating on in order, to, in order to do that. But, of course, they have to make adjustments for, for movement while, while that's going on. And he says when you're in your car, you use your, your car as the point of reference. So it's all this is relative is what it comes down to. But what these people are specifically talking about is the idea that everything in the universe is going around us. So this means that Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, um, all these, even I guess even Venus, Mars, uh, Mercury would all be going around us. And for some of these... It's a traditional idea of right. geocentrism. That's, yeah. yeah. So for this to work, um, some objects such as uh, Uranus would have to be moving faster than the speed of light, which can can be done, you know, because multiple things are, are moving. And, you know, so that's not necessarily the problem that breaks relativity, but I, it still can't quite go fast enough. My anus doesn't go fast. <clears throat> it depends on the, the burrito I ate for. <sighs> Right. So scientifically, geocentrism is inaccurate. It only works as a frame of reference when you know you're looking at like the sun rising and stuff. It works perfectly for you know us keeping track of our days and calendars and stuff. But um, that, that's basically it. For certain frames of references, it works. But moving on beyond that to the real scientific realm, no, we're not the center of the universe. The only thing that orbits around us is the moon. You know, you, you have to go to the real science and understand that the sun is the center of our solar system. That's, you know. Right. And above and beyond that, to accept geocentrism as reality, if this you're accepting this as your reality, you are denying all the science that's been done. And you are taking your Bible to the extremes of literal. Right, and you're, you know, you are clutching this thing with your cold, dead hands. It, it just does not work. And but the problem is, is that the people who believe this are the same people. You know, I, I suspect you know that. Well, it's the same kind of thing as denying evolution. You know, you you just deny all the science, and, and you hold. You know, you say this, this is how it is based on this text that never changes. And of course, at the end of the article, it has the perfect. Um, it finishes up with one of the most perfect lines that fits what we are trying to push here. The universe doesn't care how strongly you believe in something. If it ain't right, it ain't right. Yeah. Here's here's my thought on this. Um, the people who believe in this, do they drive cars? Um, I, I don't know. I would guess do that they, some of them. Do they live in houses with central heating? I, do they wash their hands? There's no way to know. It doesn't say. Because it seems as if they're kind of picking... You know, picking the advances since the Dark Ages that they like and discarding ones they don't. Oh, it's cherry picking. Um, the other thing that I'm seeing here is there's something wrong with their model of the uh, geocentric universe. Because they've got the Earth in there with the planets surrounding it, but they neglected to put in the elephants that the Earth sits on and uh, the turtle that the elephants stand on. And I'm pretty sure that that Earth is not flat in their model. So I'm, I'm wondering where they're coming up with this. All right. It, the stuff people, you know, follow. It's 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 interesting, and I understand the point of view that says, yes, the Earth is the center of our universe, but 
to, to actually think that the sun and the other planets go around the Earth yes, is just, yeah. it's not even conceivable. You're denying the theory of relativity, which on a daily basis gets proved more and more accurate. You know, the, um, somebody has built some sort of device that can um, detect relativity down to, you know, walking, you know, and how and, and its effects down that accurately. And if relativity didn't work, they wouldn't be able to. So, I mean, this, yeah, it's almost as ridiculous as our next article. Cougars okay. die young, sugar daddies live long. From, that could be a song. From, from <laughs> yeah, the Daily Mail, okay? The source on this is the Daily Mail. It doesn't speak now, well, well for it. It's not necessarily one well, we're say we take 100% seriously. Okay, let's not and continue. Basically, what the article claims is that... Um, Older women who date younger men are more likely to die at a younger age, while older men who um, end up with younger women are more likely to live longer. So the argument being made is obviously, you know, if men want to have longer, healthy lives, they need to hook up with women, while if women want to live, they need to find someone close to their age. Let me ring in on that with confirmation bias. Okay, very good. This whole show is confirmation <laughs> bias. By the way, that should be the name of this show is confirmation bias. So you go ahead and continue. Okay. Well... I'm looking at this, and they're talking about Demi Moore, and she's 15 years older than Ashton Kutcher. Uh, Courtney Cox, seven years older than David Arquette. Um, they said that a woman who bags a man seven to nine years younger than her is 20% more likely to die than someone a man her own age. I could see where there may be some thinking that this might be the case. Um I can see where there, there's something about that that kind of makes sense because it seems to me that a sugar daddy who is dating a younger woman is keeping the younger woman interested not with his looks but with his Money. finances. Yeah, yeah. Whereas <clears throat> a cougar who's keeping a younger man interested is probably keeping a younger man interested by appearing younger their age, which might put a stress on the body. Okay. But, but the he, study itself being reported by the Daily Mail. Bad, yes, the Daily Mail. Yes. <laughs> maybe but maybe here's it's, the thing. It's a German study. It's a German study. Maybe it only applies to Teutonic. Every single one of these that they list here, that the problem with, with, with the anecdotes that they give us is that these couples are alive. <laughs> so why mention them? Oh, because because they're going to die early because they died because they married younger men. Well, no, Michael Douglas is going to be um have. Oh yeah, that's right. Life. He's going to live forever. Of course, he has a quite he's a gonna, nice reason to live forever, but. So he's going to live forever, and Demi Moore and Courtney Cox are going to die young. Okay, let me take it's a, highly let me take a, highly doubtful that these people aren't going to have the money to find somebody to take care of them in their old age. They're going to be like Betty White. They're going to live forever. Let me take a let's take a step here and say you're saying the couple is alive. Demi Moore is alive. I agree with that. But Ashton Kutcher, at least career wise, is not alive. Not since the Butterfly. He does commercials. Right? <laughs> and I think he had a little bit after the Butterfly Effect and went downhill. Uh-huh. You know, well, what? That, although Butterfly Effect was kind of the pinnacle of his career, which is almost scary. I'm sorry. After a movie like uh, Dude, Where's My Car? I thought that was the pinnacle of his career. Yeah, yeah I think he probably made more money off of that one. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. There could be something <laughs> and, here. And anyway, but... you're, you're you're completely ignoring the social the social worth punked. That's true. Uh huh. You mean basically taking a has been idea that's been used a million times mm. before and trying to make it hip again? So now he just sits okay, home and counts his millions. Okay, now you're talking about all the networks. No, so now he's just sure. sitting home counting his money. He's not working. <laughs> he has more time to count it. Career dead or not, he's doing okay. Yeah, probably. 
All right. Well, anyway, anyway. The, whole, the whole study is suspect. There's nothing. Right. There's nothing actually cited. There's nothing regarding a blind study. There's nothing regarding a control group. This is just a okay. We're looking at this and we're making a decision. Yeah, I did put it in there to take it seriously. I put it in there because it was an interesting article that you know definitely you can look and say yeah, there's a lot of holes in it. But hey, huh. Also, this way you know men who want to just hooking up with younger women. Can use this. Well, this is, I think, the go. whole purpose of a study like this. But now I can't justify it for hooking up with older women. True, but that also means you know if you're having a nasty divorce and you want to get on your ex-wife for hooking up with the young kids, like, hey, listen, if you want to die all the sooner, go for it. Oh, I'm so glad we're having this discussion. <laughs> what do you think Aston <laughs> Kutcher's favorite shake is? Uh, well, it depends on how healthy he wants to be. Oh. Okay, we just I, I just explained to everyone why I put this in here. The article itself, there's a bunch, you know. Well, right tell us, now, tell us about the article first, and and then you can, okay. and then you, because your justification is good. But right. so let's have the, let's have the article first. Oh yeah, the article itself is talking is this guy who goes around basically. He's with, um, I think it's Men Health magazine. Yeah, Men's Health, and he judges food. He goes around. He has articles about the worst food for you, stuff like that. And all the interesting thing is, I, I've noticed a pattern with all of this, and it's a pattern that. Uh, is, is the point of why I uh, picked this article today. Right. So here he goes through and he lists off different shakes and he tells us about the calories that are in. Right. And so we're right. trying to find the healthiest shake. So and the thing is, in every single case, if you look at it, he's referring to the large size of the shake. And only once in this very first one where he's talking about the A&W root beer freeze, does he say, OK, if you try the small version, it's healthier for you. Well, he's talking about an A&W float, not a refreeze. Right, but still, if you look at what he says for the root beer float, he's referring to the small version. He's yes. saying have a small one. That's the only time he does that. Every single other time, he doesn't even really care about the size of the seat. He doesn't care uh, about actually, the Actually, no. The, um, the, the Baskin-Robbins ice cream soda is a 28.6 fluid ounce. What he says, drink this instead, is the ice cream float, and it's a 16.9 fluid ounce. Okay. So in a lot of cases, but the fact that he's going, okay, don't have this large size, have a small size, is like saying, okay, you know, that apple's not healthy for you. Why don't you have this this steak instead. He's not even comparing apples and oranges. Right. Well, part of the issue here, for me, is that every size is different. If you want to compare the actual calories to this, you're going to have to do, you're going to have to compare them all as if they're the same size. And, and that's kind of what I felt with all the other stuff I've seen him do, is he definitely takes one extreme and says this is so unhealthy for you to this extreme, and he goes to this other extreme, and what he's comparing isn't relative. It's like, no, you know, look at something at that same level. Well, and, and on the McDonald's one, he's saying their triple thick shock chocolate shake, 32 ounce, is the worst drive through shake, and instead you should have a hot fudge sundae. But, you know, if you're drinking hot fudge sundae, you left it out too long, is my thought. Here's my other, here's another problem I have. He's got this McDonald's shake surrounded by McDonald's apple pies. There's no way it would still be frozen surrounded by that McDonald's apple pies. <laughs> they generate their own heat. I don't care what you say. <laughs> they never cool. They're a, they're a self rep. They're a self perpetuating heat source. Are they there like for under dipping? The sun. Are, are they there for dipping in the shake? Is that why he's got them there? I don't. Because that'll certainly up calories. It would. Take this deep for fried reason, apple pie and dip it in, in half there. Too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I did the, I know that McDonald's has a smaller size of that. 
Yeah, well, also, in all these cases, th th there's a smaller size in every single one, but he's not saying just have the smaller size of the same one. He's saying, okay, drink this instead, and he then goes to the smaller size of that thing. It's like, that's not relative. You, you either do the same size of a different thing, or you do the smaller size of the same thing. And so, you know, the difference. Well, ounces-wise, the McDonald's shake does compare compare okay to the um, uh, the EMW Root Beer Freeze, which is also 32 ounces. And in that case, the worst right. of the two is certainly the McDonald's Triple right. Thick Shake. And that's a more relative uh, comparison. Right. I do understand what he's trying to do. What he's trying to do is he's saying, don't drink that large shake. Don't drink this instead. You'll be healthier and you'll be more satisfied. But he can't try to sell this to science. Well, and here's the other And you look at the worst fruity shake. The worst fruity shake probably is on par for calories with the triple thick chocolate shake. And he's mm -hmm. saying that the McDonald's one is worse. But this is a 32 ounce. The fruity one is a 40 ounce. Yeah. And uh, so and definitely more calories so uh, it's it's and on par worst worst shake in america cold stone pb and c shake on the gotta have it size which is their largest i'm looking at this and i'm sorry if you're going to cold stone creamer looking for health yeah then you are sadly sadly misguided in so many ways and that's cold another stone thing. creamery is nothing but a dream right and it's that's a, another thing with some of this it's like you're going to go in and you want a shake you're going to say you know what I'm going to splurge. I'm going to have something that I know is a bit unhealthy for me now. And so some of this is kind of like, well, people who are buying this stuff aren't going in because they're th worried about their health. They're going in because they want something to, you know. They want a treat. Yeah. Well, and so here's the other thing. He didn't get Orange Julius in there at all. This is all about moderation anyway. So yeah. don't buy the largest size. If they only have one size, find somebody to share it with. Or you know? buy or the largest size, take it home, put half of it in the freezer. Yeah, there you go. See, there you go. You can. Uh, if you're yeah. really that concerned with your health, there are ways you can enjoy some of this really rich stuff and still be healthy. Okay. Like but, bulimia. But we are by no means <laughs> di dietary not... experts. By no means. We're not advocating bulimia. No. no. <laughs> All right. You guys want to know about scams, supplementary, complementary, alternative medicine? Sure. Let's go for it. So this article, and it's a long article, um, yeah. and I'm just I'm just gonna gloss over it here because uh, uh, just to make a couple of points. Um, he he talks about um, God, who what is the guy's name? He he's he's all over Twitter and um, Adams something Adam. Anyway, he's he's the guy that. Uh, um, when they were doing the um, health um, contest Twitter to see, you know, um, and you were supposed to get votes, cheated and got disqualified. And uh, he's, you know, really into alternative medicine, and he really likes to, to talk about how um, these, how our, even our government, you know, has um, funded some very unethical research. The problem with what he's citing is, is that most of these are 50 years old. And so anybody now, uh, there, there's, you know, there's documents saying that if you're going to get money and, you, and you know, you're going to do research, these are the steps that you need to take in order to do it ethically. And so and he's in. He starts off by talking about alternative medicine. You know, CAM, um, complementary alternative medicine, which I which I call scams, supplement complementary medicine, and how unethical this research is currently. And he one of the one of the things he does cite here is Andrew Wakefield, who is uh, unfortunately going to be in uh, in Colorado this week, speaking about uh, autism and vaccines. But he but Andrew Wakefield. Um, had the people he published an article basically connecting the MMR vaccine with vac with um, with vaccines. Since that the publication of that, everybody who peer reviewed it, most of them have taken their name off. The Lancet has retracted the article, and Andrew Wakefield has lost his medical license for for the how unethical his um uh, his study was and what he did to these 
was right. that Mac? Well, he was also censored, and we've discussed his we've discussed yeah. his intro. Okay, so but it, it's a good point to, to say that you know that this the, the the system works. If if you're doing unethical research, you know, and and it's found out about, well, we have methods of taking care of it. But 50 years ago, or you know, even longer, we didn't have those um, bylaws in place. And so he's talking about um, a some research that happened in Guatemala at a prison at a psychiatric facility. Where they were um, testing STDs, specifically he talks about the venereal... Syphilis? Syphilis, yes. So he's talking about syphilis, and so they would go... He's talking about the research that they did, and this is one of the ones that Adams likes to cite, you know, as something, you know, that, that was funded unethical, and it was unethical. They would take right. these men, and uh, and prostitution was legal, and the prostitutes were allowed to come to the... Uh, to the the jails, and they would specifically look prostitutes that were infected with syphilis, right. and uh, and then they would um, they would um, uh, um, take the penis and they you know kind of mark it a uh, hypodermic needle so that you know, there was a place for the infection to get in and see how many people got infected, and then they would give them penicillin. There was another trial where they you know they, they gave one group um, I think it was placebo and another one you know, the actual treatment, and even after they knew that it wasn't working, they didn't give the treatment to the to the other men. Um, so they did a lot of just terrible things. But since then, you know, we, we've, we've gotten to a point where, you know, now we're, we are doing ethical research. We punish unethical research. And you can't continue to point out these studies as if they have any relevance today. Right. But, you, but, um, but we can point out Andrew Wakefield, and we can point out some other studies where people have, you know, have, have been censured for, for unethical abuses. So he, he really gets detailed, and he goes and does a very good job of going through all this and really nailing it. And— you know, I've seen um, if there are videos on YouTube of like people doing acupuncture, and they don't even sanitize needles and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of stuff in alternative medicine because they aren't bound by um, by some of these principles that they just don't follow, and they don't. And, and usually, most of the time, you look at the the clinical studies that they're doing. Half the time, they're not blinded. Um, if they are blinded, it's done half-assed. You know, it's like we're going to be doing acupuncture on you. You may be sham, you not. And uh, but why don't you just close your eyes? We're not going to blindfold you. Just just close your eyes and relax. Okay, right. So there's a lot of that kind of BS going on with um, with clinical trials that that aren't well that aren't state funded. You know that 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 they aren't beholden to anybody to do ethically. You know the sad thing about this is is like when they talk about the Gonzalez protocol for pancreatic cancer. It's like 150 supplements, but they'll get people to try it because people are desperate. Right. Pancreatic cancer is one of the cancers most survivaled. Yeah, so our, our government has done very unethical things, but not, but with all the, most of what they cite is, you know, older than 50. Right. Yes. We've come a long way. Yeah. So, There's but no now, but now we really need to make sure we, we need, we need people that are, that are trying, doing trials for complementary and alternative medicines to use those same protocols. Um, but I don't hear Mike Adams, you know, um, you know, trying to, trying to get that to happen. So. Yeah. Well, in the case of Andrew Wakefield, it's, it's more. It's more scientific to him to just tout Trump without evidence and stick to his guns. Yeah, without well, any, without any, with actually to the contrary. He, he. Well, unfortunately, he's kind of become a martyr for that community too. He's become a martyr, but he's done with with his marks against uh, vaccination. He's actually somewhat damaged the community in England. He's he's doing he's damaging it here. You know, Jenny McCarthy is doing tons of damage. To, you know. To the herd immunity in this in this country, and she's doing damage to kids, and she denies 
the evidence in front of her and, and, and believes that her mommy sense is more accurate than all the scientific literature. That is denialism. It's plain and simple denialism. There is no excuse for it. I found it interesting. I was uh, listening to Brian Thompson's show, the Amateur Scientist podcast, and he was talking about the in- initially Jenny McCarthy thought her, her child was a peace bird, a, a, uh, an, an indigo child, an indigo, his yeah, intense yeah. stare, Ugh. his intense and 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 uh, un- unblinking stare. It turned out that he was actually showing signs of autism, not signs of you know a wonder child. I have sympathy. For her having an autistic child, but I do not have sympathy for her ignorance. Just makes me sad, actually. Um. I think. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. All right, all right. That that subject will always get me going. It just it just pisses me off. All right. Well, on a lighter note. Yes. Let's not let's talk about people hoist by their own petard. Uh, I found this article about people who were inventors who were killed by their inventions, and it's. Well, let's see. They yeah. they also they refer to this also in reference to the Darwinians, but a one lot that of I had always are, kind yeah. of thought was true turned out to be an urban legend. One about uh, guillotine being killed on the guillotine actually turns out not to be. True. But so so, what was your favorite invention that killed the inventor? <laughs> let's see. I'm so glad we're going to be talking about this article too. <laughs> <laughs> on a lighter note, well, you know that cougars I, I, live longer. Or live uh, don't live as long as sugar daddies. Sugar daddies are gonna outlove cougars every time. Uh, Whose I invention is my that? Favorite, my favorite one was the guy who was testing the coat parachute off the Eiffel Tower. It was his first ever attempt with the parachute, and he had told the authorities in advance he would actually testing with dummy. And he jumped out of it with himself. Okay, that's he jumped okay. off the Eiffel Tower with an untested parachute. All right, okay, that's good. What else you got? Well, I knew the Marie Curie one. What's the that was actually fairly well known. And then uh, Henry Smolinski died in 1973 during the test flight of the Ave or A- AVE Mizar, a flying car based on the window. How could he not have known <laughs> that, that was a bad idea? <laughs> uh, all right. So the moral of our story is be careful with the invention. Yeah, let someone else do the test piloting. I think that's fabulous. Okay. Society is worse off when they have God on their side. I told you that this the this the show tonight should be called confirmation bias. And the study is about is over five years old, but well, that's okay. It, it looks at some of the basic stuff that I've actually heard uh, talking about. Um, uh, economically, some uh, these countries are doing better off that um, aren't as religious. You know, it, it's talking, I think it, it's primarily England, which has gone the opposite of the U.S., which yeah. actually makes sense of historically. You know, the U.S. broke off, and because it um, had the separation of church and state to begin with, the church took on a different role. England still fought for quite a while to get a separation of state, so they actually have more of a bitterness towards the church in general. Right. It's, so that, I, and I, I think a lot of the European countries that, and that's why the U.S. is more religious now than mo- most of Europe, because Europe has a lot of bitterness towards the church for having so much power for so long. Here's an interesting trivia question about England and the church. Does anybody know why England is not more Catholic than it is? I can't say that I do. It's all because Henry VIII horse. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he I heard basically that. That I broke with the Catholic Church because he wanted to divorce one <laughs> wife because she couldn't give him a son. So, so the article makes some direct comparisons, I think, between um, England and the United States, and it says, in general, higher rates of believers, a higher rate of belief in in and worship. 
belief in and worship of a creator. Okay, so they correlate this with higher rates of higher homicide. Higher belief and worship of a creator correlate with higher rates of homicide, juvenile and early adult mortality, STD infection rates, teen pregnancy, and abortion in the prosperous democracies. There you go. Let's see. In the United States, it is almost it is almost the most dysfunctional of the developing democratic, sometimes spectacularly. So. Wow. And yes, you know we don't know exactly you know what they, they were really looking at and focusing on, but there is some facts to the fact that there are um, the murder rate is higher in the U.S. Where um, the drug addiction generally is higher in the U.S. than else world. You know there are, there is some truth to that. Or not it's linked to religion right this is causation and correlation yeah, again right yeah i i actually can't really it it's like saying because the house is painted down it's not saying that the house right. is more flammable because the pink paint is flammable no it's just saying because the house is pink the house are down the interesting there's thing not is, enough thing there's not enough there to actually say it's a real thing right no the thing is that this you know, the logic here says you can't necessarily claim that you're worse off when you believe in God. But what can be said is that belief in God in and of itself does not make, you know, things better. Oh, yeah. that would, that I think that you can say. Yeah. You know, you could look specifically at populations and make those correlations and compare the two. But the problem is it's still suspect to the interpretation. And right. I do have it's to difficult say, though, to make these connections. I do have to say, though, that a society where there's a very, very strong belief in a hereafter does make people less interested in fixing what's here right now. Yeah, no, right. we see that I, all I, the time. I, that, I, I think that that is true. I don't know, but once again, like I say, the, you know, this is an article that certainly strokes our confirmation bias. I mean, it, right. it it's one that, that, this is something that I, I tend to that believe is true, and all this article does is is, uh, is encourage that belief whether or not these correlations are plausible. Right. But like I said, it, it, it does bring up a good argument of saying, you know, you're trying to claim that belief in God is going to solve all the problems and make things better. I've, I've never seen any studies that can defend that. I think because... I don't think it is defendable. And I, I really think that, you know, you can point to um, morality and, and say that it doesn't comfort. I think that that you can do. And right. so it doesn't. So having the church doesn't encourage morality. The church has to bend to the morality of the nation. Right. It can try it has, to influence it, and it, it certainly does, you know, in certain respects, but not in all respects. And it needs to look for other solutions rather than, oh, pray to solve the problem, believe in God and solve problems. You have to look for other solutions. You have to look at, and you, you can't just say, oh, the devil's doing it. We have to attack the devil. No, you have to look at the bigger picture, at the real causes if you want to fix the problem. You can't believe there's pie in the sky by and by and not work on what's here today. But I right. think I can say this. I can say that the more religious people are, the less they know about their own particular religion. Yep, according to the survey. According to the Pew Forum. I, I did find this interesting. On religion yeah. and public. I didn't find it surprising, though. No, I didn't either. And this is one example that it, that it kind of strokes my confirmation bias. And the reason I think that, that it does is that I, I think that, and I think that they cover this in the article. They're, they're saying that if you, basically if you want to know more about your religion, you should probably ask an atheist or an agnostic. But in all fairness, Jews and Mormons scored very high as well, just right below atheist agnostics. So those – and then there's a huge – there's a three-point dip to white – it says white evangelical Protestant. So there's, so, so, there's, so there's a dip there, and they all kind of go downhill from that, the worst being Hispanic Catholic. 
um, knew the knew the least about the religion. And I think part of this is because atheists and agnostics have actually to, to come to that position. They've done a lot of research. They've done a lot of reading, and they've done a lot of searching for answers to this stuff. And and I and I really believe that. If these people were investigating and reading the Bible more, that we would have more atheists. You've got a point there. I, I'm and looking at one of these. One of these statistics is for white white mainline Protestants. Yes. Who didn't even I, know I, who I Martin think, Luther was? Isn't it isn't it more dangerous to mainline Protestantism than it is to like like smoke it or take it, in, take it nasally? <laughs> it shouldn't <laughs> be taken orally at all. A larger pro a larger reason for this is a lot of people believe whatever they they were raised in. They, they follow through with their family stuff. They don't question it. They don't ask. They just go to church and let the church more or less tell them. Right, because that's what and you do. They don't go beyond that because oh well, that's what my family believes in, so I obviously believe in that. It, it, it's part of a cultural thing of just don't ask questions, don't try to go anywhere with it. Just follow what we've always been doing for the last 20 generations. Well, heck, Ian, there's a bumper sticker. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Yep. So there's a short quiz, and all of us took the short quiz, and I think that, um, do we want to go through these? You know, I scored the lowest. <laughs> yeah, I missed I, two. I got, I got 83%. You guys missed one. I missed two. Well, I missed two, but one of them I knew, um, but when I wrote them down, I didn't. And that was the yeah. one about um, do unto others as you would have them do unto you is the golden rule. It's not it's in the Ten Commandments. Command. And I knew that, but I missed that a, one. A, lo a lot of them are really that like, oh, my God, people don't quite get that. The 15, I, I was trying to find a list of 32 and couldn't. No, it's right here. It's it's the, the survey questionnaire, and um, if you download that, everything's in there. Where is that? If you look on the side, it says in this report and everything's here. The full report is here. It says survey um, the survey questionnaire and all 32 are in there. And actually, oh, the I survey questionnaire is interesting because it goes through and answers the, the – it goes through the, the general question. And then it asks some, okay. some specific questions based on what people said. You know, say if you were a Catholic, you know, and you know, it did some things based on race and some okay. different things like that. So I, I, I definitely it. want to go through the survey questionnaire and see how good I do. But yeah. within the 15 questions they give for the short quiz, um, 14 of them to me were just way too easy. And then the final one is the one that I'm like, who the hell are these people? Well, it, it, it's it was more like, what is this movement they were talking about? Because it was, cause I think they have it listed down here, uh, First Great Awakening. I had no idea what that was. But um, only 11% of people apparently get that one right. Yeah. So I don't feel too bad. Okay. Do we want to go through the questions? Or do we yeah, let's go through that? the questions. You All right. Me? So number one, which Bible figure is most quote, closely associated with leading the exodus from Egypt? And the answers they gave were Job, Elijah, Moses, or Abraham. Yeah, I, I can't pick out anyone could get that wrong. It's like. Well, take a look. How many, how, what percentage of people did get that wrong? Let's take a look on the first page. All right. Okay. Mo. Or actually, no, you don't get to find out what percentage of people. You don't get to find that out until you actually take the survey. So. See, I downloaded a PDF, um, and now I don't what see that PDF. What was Mother Teresa's religion was the second question. And that's Catholic. one of those things like, yeah. uh, first off, the mother part, that gives a lot away. And then um, there was a whole debate over her um, whether or not she was going to get sainthood. It's like only one religion really has those aspects. Question three, which of the following is not one of the Ten Commandments? Uh, do not commit adultery. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Do not steal and keep the habit, keep the Sabbath holy. Question four: When does the Jewish Sabbath begin? That's a bit of a tricky see, one. Glenn Beck Friday, doesn't even Saturday know this one. Sunday. Yeah, but see, but Glenn Beck thought it was Sunday. 
he thought that the Sunday was the Sabbath. <laughs> the Jewish Sabbath? Yes, yes, that memory, yes. Wow. Yes, exactly. Question uh, five. Saturday is the Sabbath, but begins on Friday evening. Yes. I thought, you know. Question five, is Ramadan the Hindu festival of lights, a Jewish day of atonement, or the Islamic whole month? Especially nowadays with how often the uh, Muslim culture is in the news, I can't figure out how you would create that one. Question six of 15, which of the following best describes the Catholic teaching about bread and wine used for union? This that one, one boggled I can see me. A few people, no, it's uh, it's in the, there. The it even wine, says. The bread wine, well, let me give the answers. Okay, all right. Before you editorialize, okay, let me go actually ahead. give the answers. The bread and wine actually become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. The bread and wine are symbols of the body and Jesus Christ. Th that one I can more understand why people get it wrong. No, you can't because the people who take who do that, it, it, they say when when you're going through confirmation that this becomes the body of the of the blood and you know the flesh of Christ. It says it right in. But, in, but I've never in gone there. through Catholic confirmation. Okay, but it it doesn't matter. The Catholics couldn't answer it. And the reason he hasn't gone through Catholic Catholic confirmation is because he's biased against it. It's confirmation. <laughs> bias. Uh, question seven. In which religion are Vishnu and Shiva central figure? Islam, Hinduism, or Taoism? I can understand where Americans, most most of America are not necessarily that. Yeah. Question eight. Which Bible figure is cl most closely associated with remaining obedient to God despite suffering? And the answer they gave were Job, Elijah, Moses, or Abraham. Now I can see some people answering Abraham to this one. Right, instead of Job. And I could see that also, but yeah. What was Joseph Smith's religion? Catholic, Jewish, <laughs> Buddhist, Mormon, or Hindu? Well, okay, in all fairness, the Mormons knew. <laughs> yeah, this is what the Mormons better get right. Well. Yeah. Well, assuming they're talking about the same Joseph Smith. True. And who else would they be talking about? Well, there's a lot of people, Joe Smith. Oh, I... uh, question 10. According to rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, is a public school teacher permitted to lead a class in prayer or not? And it was yes, permitted, or no, not permitted. See, now that one's pretty obvious, but uh, it that but be. it was but that was missed. But I mean, what what does it say the percentage that missed that? I'll find out in a minute. I'm going. Okay. I'm doing the quiz again. Oh, okay, you're doing the quiz. Okay, and I'm and I'm cheating this time. Okay, you're cheating. Um, okay, because I did it. Before. Question eleven. According to rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, is a public school teacher permitted to read the Bible as an example of literature or not? See, and I knew is that, that when I see people yeah. be um, yeah, around, on. and that, that was one of the ones I missed. Right, but how can you miss both of those? I mean, you what? either you. I mean, I, I don't know. I, well, one is one way, one's the other way. Actually, a right. lot of people think you both of them are no. Okay, but but a lot of people thought that you were allowed to. I'm pretty yeah, sure that I, that, know, that I don't completely understand. But so you can talk about it as a piece of literature. There's nothing wrong with that. So, question twelve: What religion do most people in Pakistan consider themselves? Buddhist, Hindu, Muslim, Christian. That one and, I can understand why people get it wrong. You know, you know and I, uh, I, I think they should throw Mormon in there just to just to shake things. <laughs> they added in the other question. They should. All right. Question thirteen of ten: What was the name of the person whose writings and actions inspired the Protestant Reformation? Yeah. They gave Martin Luther. Thomas Aquinas or John Wesley. See, in this, this kills me. That I mean, it's so obvious. Lutheran, Martin Luther. True. Uh, question fourteen: Which of these religions aims at nirvana, the state of being free from suffering? Islam, Buddhism, or Hinduism? Now, the, the, this was kind of they only asked one Buddhism question. Well, in the fifteenth, we'd have to look at thirty. Okay, you're right. Okay. 
And and the first final was it threw us all off. Yes. Question 15. Which of these preachers participated in the great in the period of religious activity known as the First Great Awakening? And as it turns out, it was Jonathan Edwards. Not John Edwards. Jonathan <laughs> Edwards. I think I guess Charlie Finney, because I didn't know who he was, that he wasn't familiar. I knew Billy Graham was, and Jonathan Edwards, I thought, of the psychic. I think we were all clear on the fact that it was not Billy Graham. All right, so it turns out, which Bible figure is most closely associated with, re- with leading the Exodus from Egypt? The correct answer was Moses, and 72% responded. Okay, well, that's good. What was Mother Teresa's religion? Catholic? 82% responded. Which of the following is not one of the ten? Do unto others as he would have them do unto you. Golden rule? 55% answered correct. So there's 45% people out there keeping the Ten Commandments, and they're not even what those commandments are. Yep. And, of course, the Eleventh Commandment, do not get caught. When does yeah. the Jewish Sabbath begin? Friday? 45% answered correctly. Ramadan, Islamic holy month, 52% answered correctly. Probably mostly Muslims. Which of the following best describes the Catholic teaching about bread and wine used as communion? The bread and wine become the body and blood of Jesus Christ, 3%. That kills me. I, I, mm, okay. In which religion are Shiva and Vishnu central figures? Hinduism, 38%. Not a surprise on that one. Which yeah. biblical figure is most closely associated with remaining obedient to God despite suffering? Job, 39%. Wow. I feel like I should be Richard Dawson. Survey <laughs> says... 39, that's bad. He's got a whole book of the Bible, don't yeah, dedicated no, what... to the to the whole God-Satan bet. Yeah. All right, so what was Joseph Smith's religion? Survey says Mormon at 51%. I would expect it better. But... I would have expected a lot better. Yeah. According to rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, well, it may be confusion about which Joe Smith they're talking about. <laughs> According to rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, is a public school teacher permitted to lead a class in prayer or not? Not permitted, 89% in that. Yeah. According to rulings by the U.S. Supreme Court, is a public school teacher permitted to read the Bible as an example of literature? Yes, that is permitted and only 23% in that. What religion and do most people in Pakistan consider themselves? Muslim, 60%. And that's high because of what's going on in the Middle East and in Afghanistan, really. The name of the person whose writings and actions inspired the Protestant Reformation, Martin Luther, 46%. Wow. 54%. 46%. Martin Luther King didn't have anything. (laughs) Yeah, really. Uh, 14. Which of these religions aims at nirvana, the state of being free from suffering? Buddhism, 36%. Which of these preachers participated in the period of religious activity known as the Great Awakening? Jonathan Edwards, 11% knew that. You wonder how many of them just guessed. And I was not one of the 11%. No, I got that one wrong. I still think John Edwards is a psychic. No, you think he claims to be a psychic? I think he, yeah, he or claims a, uh, to be. Or a, a failed presidential debt. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I, I found this kind of shocking, actually. You know, I, I I perceive that people, you know, that are religious are actually, you know, participating in in the religion and investigating it and learning about it. How many how many of these people claim to have actually read the Bible? Well, and you know, I come from a family that, as far as religion goes, my family's religion is the mildest of the mild. Can't get much milder method. Unitarianism. Okay, not much, though. <laughs> you know, I, I asked my, my sister what the central truth of the Methodist Church was once, and she told me, well, they have potlucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love True that. True story. Real story. Wow. I did manage to offend my parents one time coming back from Union when I asked them if they had been engaging in the ritualized ritualized symbolic cannibalism. You know, there was a time when, when you know, 
the Bible was not published in common language because they really didn't want the masses to read it. Very true. And, and that was actually, that was one of, uh, that was Luther's beefs when he nailed his protest. Wasn't, and, it, also, and, yeah. and wasn't it also King James? Didn't he also want the masses uh, to read it? I actually think he came after Luther oh, okay. wanted the Bible, wanting the Bible to be in German. Okay. So, yeah, so King James did not, um, he did not predate Martin. Well, and, Martin Luther was the was the one who nailed his his protest, his Protestant movement to the church door, and went off and branched off right. on his own to teach the Bible to the common people. Yeah, that's what he's famous for nailing the his thing to the door. Everyone, I think, heard that. Right. But that's but, the thing. There's stuff like that that come on, everyone should have heard about, and yet it doesn't seem to sink in. Is there still some of that alive though, where where they where they aren't encouraging these people to investigate this stuff on their oh, own? Yes. I know that they there do Bible I, studies and stuff like that, but what are they teaching them in these Bible studies? I've never been to them, but I've debated people online who claim they know all this stuff about the Bible, and what they know is bits and pieces that they've been taught and taught how to take it. And you look at like how much have they studied it? They haven't. They haven't gone beyond what the church has told them, and what their religious leaders have t- told them, and how they're supposed to think about it. And you do see it. If you get in a debate with some of these people online, it gets weird because you start saying, okay, well, what are the facts? Well, the Bible says, let's go beyond that. What do you have to say? And, you know, they, they I'm really sorry. Resay that so again much. because you were, yeah, trying, you were cutting I, out. Start I over. cutting out. I think God was making cut out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's Eric. He's online. Should we add Eric to the call? Did you I'll call invite him? invite him to the conference. Yeah, invite him to the conference. For the end of it. He can talk oh, about the N-word with us. <laughs> Maybe he thought it was six o'clock, you know, whatever standard time he's in. Well, well it would be six o'clock ago. Pacific time. Oh yeah, you're right. It would be. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. I'm going to direct him. Yeah. You know, the thing of it is, everybody knows that Mountain Standard Time is actually the only real time zone. Wow. Is that Eric? That's got to be Eric. Is this Eric? Whoa. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you're late. It sounds like you're putting a beagle through a meat grinder. Over there. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, wait, wait, no, it's too, it's too high pitched for a beagle. Is it a cocker spaniel? It's got to be a spaniel. Is there a problem with my audio? It, it sounds like you're on an airplane, like on the wing. Actually, it <laughs> sounds like you've got an oscillating <sighs> fan running or something. Yeah, yeah, it could be it too. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with, uh, I realized I'm uh, working on that other headphone. Huh. I'm using the one I used last time, and my wife picking it up now and last time. Huh. So this one, you're a bit, a bit echoing, and then there's something in the background. Yeah, I think we better let you go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you later, Eric. Oh, okay. that's unfortunate. Wow, that's that was bad. <laughs> yep. All right. So, do we have any more to say about that? Yeah. What I was saying was, you you getting into these debates with people about um, the Bible and stuff, and they say they've studied it, and you say, okay, well, the Bible says this, but this is what we know beyond that, and they say, well, the Bible says it, so it has to be true, and you you keep trying to say, okay, well, give me some other evidence beyond the Bible. It's like I don't need to. The Bible says it, and that's all I need. Well, but does the Bible even actually say it? Clearly, they might not uh, know. No, sometimes it doesn't, but they were taught that it does. They were taught by their religious leaders that this is what the Bible says, and if you try to question them on that, they. Find they, they keep going through the circular reasoning, and you, you keep trying to poke into it and say, no, well, this disagrees with your circular reasoning. No, it doesn't because you can't disagree with it because it—, it So the, they're caught up in their own world. They don't want to go beyond. They don't want the other information. They don't want to know anything more. And that's where I think a lot of this comes from. You know what? I think that I'm going to sum up with a quote from our friend Rich Orman. Okay. Dogma makes you crazy. <laughs> we'll go with that. 
All right, so let's move on. Okay, Ian, give us the disclaimer. Uh, yeah, okay. The, the next um, segment of our podcast, final segment for tonight, we will be um, we will warn everyone, especially if you're in an office or anything, this is the perfect time to turn it off. Uh, we will more than likely be using words that are offensive, but we've decided that it would actually be more insulting to dance around the subject and pretend the word doesn't exist than to straight out say it. So we will be saying the infamous N-word. Uh, we will be talking about it, but we will be using it in the basic literal sense of the literary sense of the word. We, we're not, we don't mean to be offensive with it. We don't mean to be um, degrading anyone with it. We're not attacking any group of people. But we will be using it. And we do know there are people who will get offended by just hearing it. So we're giving you the warning now. We will be using it. And if th that offends you, you know, please podcast off now. We, you know, we love the fact that you're listening to us, but we don't want to, uh, you know, suddenly these horrible, horrible people. We're, we're not out to offend. Okay. And we're not we're not using that reference to the N word as some sort of a some sort of a titillating misdirection. We are talking about that. N -word. Well, and we're not trying right. to be derogatory either. I mean, we're no, we're absolutely we're, not. I don't believe in the use of that word. But no, I I don't think any of us use that word at all in our vocabulary. But it's a word we're going to admit exists. And in the case of what we're going to be talking about, it is more respectful to the overall idea to be honest about the word than to just dance around it. So, with that being said, um, on to the actual articles. These are very local um, here in Colorado. The basic, it's one of those things where I, I read the first one and said, okay, the, the first one was, the first article, the first time it, um, I saw it was very, very basic. It said, a teacher um, said nigger in class, although they used the N word, of course. Um, it offended. It, it, the, the teach or it was okay here it he dragged it too far to the point where it was really incentive and offensive to students and that's about all this whole article said which makes me wonder well, it, what it exactly says though that he used it in context as part of a work of literature right which which made me well, think that that, that, that actually wasn't, wasn't added for a little while that's the thing I, I'm talking right now th it was interesting to follow this whole thing because it's been progressive the original one really only said uh, that that one wrote quote from the Reagan is the teacher um Dragged it out too. And that's, that's it. all that was given to you at first. No names, nothing like that. It was very short, very limited. You know that that makes me wonder. I mean, did he just use it in in, the, in its proper context? And was it was it was it right? Was it just blown out of proportion? What what what's that going was, on with this? And and you right. know, based on that, it makes me wonder why the guy was suspended. He used it in context, but and he took it too far. What is taking it too far? Did he? You know, what does that, that mean? That was my first question there. Okay. You know, when I did that, but then basically what was interesting was regretfully we can't show every um, progression of this article because the way Night News does it is they add to the article as they go and edit it up as the information comes out. So we can't see every single progression to see how it went. But what I kept seeing was you'd get one progression that suddenly sided the other way and then another progression that went the other direction. They kept jumping back and forth to uh, what side it seemed like the article was taking on this. There's an interesting point in here, and I'm not sure when this was added to the article, but um, one of the students said it got to the point where he told me that since I'm since I'm black, he's going to deduct my grade. Winked at me, patted me on the shoulder, laughed. Okay, right. so and that's where things started to, for that's, me to, that's to, to turn. Escalated. Yeah. But then later, two paragraphs down from that, it's talking about how the teacher admitted to um, links to the KKK to. Um, judging people on their skin color stuff like that which that one i had a bit of a problem because um a teacher say that to a student 
Yeah, that's it. So it so it definitely got more extreme as it went. Right. You know, it actually sounds like he might have been trying to bring up a philosophical discussion. And he admitted to he admitted to having racist thoughts. He admitted to having an uncle who was a member of the Lux Clan. It sounds like he was actually being honest with the students about his right. about his feelings. But yeah, it, it probably could have been handled an awful lot better. And if you look at the, the whole thing, came up because the class was studying a story where instead of using the word nigger, they left it blank. They had a specific blank. And I think a, a good teacher would look at it and say, "Okay, kids, what word was there? Let's talk about the implications of the word. Let's talk about a lot the you know society and the idea of the and to have a, a mature, honest discussion." Yeah, but the problem is, is that we become way too sensitive that to the point where you right. can't even talk about the word nigger without offending somebody. You're not even supposed to say it. Well, let's right. face it. When you're talking about in this contest, we're talking about racism and and hopefully what ra- you know past racism, but unfortunately it's still happening today. That that you know when such words are you're not you can't even say them in in the purpose of investigation right and that's the thing that's one reason why i, I wanted this article in here because there, there is a significance to our culture in the way we treat that one okay but and this article goes th- this on is, yeah now what one thing i want to say right now lo- looking over this i have we were not there we were not at the school we don't know the actual discussion we don't know what was actually said we don't know if it really was taken too far or if someone really was just way too sensitive on that and that's one problem i have with uh, stuff like this is a lot of people are going to look at it and depending on which time they look at it are going to judge on what they've been told and in truth we can't judge this none of us can the only people that know what happened were the ones that were there and even that, even in that regard, you hear each side and the way they perceived it. So there that's were the there were thirty students in class and one teacher, which means we've got thirty-one different stories. Well, and right. there was a parent there as well, which is which is what you know the article is, seems to think carries a lot of weight. But let's face it, you know. No, the, actually, I don't think the parent was there. No, the parent just heard about it. Oh, really? Yeah, because according, oh, I thought that it said that the parent was there. That's how I read it. You know, so, but the thing of it is here, it looks like this teacher's been teaching for about ten. Years and probably blamelessly during that time, right? And so, in this case, I, I have a that, that's one reason I put this in. Also, is the judgment factor. We cannot judge anything on the, these are two different points of view. We can look at, we okay, we know the basics of what happened, but it's unfair to actually judge this teacher at all by what we're reading. Well, except so, for the teacher goes later admits to having racist feelings and thoughts. Yeah. I mean, but still, what does that mean? Right. Well, I, I think, though, that in all honesty, everybody, black, white, brown, yellow, whatever whatever color skin or permutation thereof, everybody's got racist thoughts. Well, there's well, a, like there's a right racist now? and a bigot in every, you know, in, in every kitchen, in every house in America. I mean, that's... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so but then, it, it, the, it happens. In the next article, we have the teacher apologizing and saying, um, you know, it was taken out of context, huge mistake and everything. I, I, my understanding is he has since been fired from the job, and then some students have protested. I don't, I haven't seen anything on a follow I've, to that. I've seen, I've seen that he was on administrative leave. I don't know, and I don't see anything about him actually having been no, fired. He, uh, one of the follow-up stories did have uh, that he was fired. You know and what? Then a follow-up to that had that um, the students were protesting that. I hate these. I haven't guys. seen I hate anything these kinds since of, This is sensationalized media. The, the, yeah. There is nothing here. Why, why even put this story out? There, there's, there is absolutely no purpose. They can't tell us what happened. 
they they won't even they, they won't tell us the person's name. They're they're protecting his name. Yeah, okay, it, that's it, fine. It, all, it comes in the second one. It does um, give his name. It does. But here's and the thing: is it, th- what he what did he do? I mean, if you're gonna print the story, let's have some specifics. You know, I mean, but the, this is just. I mean, it, yeah, it's it, it's very vague on what was said in the discussion. And like I said, to me, there's a certain level of a discussion about nigger. You know, the word use of nigger is actually relevant to education. Okay, but it, did he go too far? I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe he did. Maybe he maybe this guy needs to be fired. I don't know. Based on this article, based on this article, I don't know squat. I don't know yeah. anything more than when I started it. So so little, why bother? What saga. kind of journalism is this? This is crap. In a way, I think that this these two articles that we're looking at here, Nine News, actually perpetuate the harm that this word has done for so long. Right. Because they're continuing to they're continuing to basically stick a finger in that open wound. Yeah. And it's interesting because you look at literary, the word nigger is in a lot of stuff that is fitting for the time. Like, you know, Huck Finn is, it uses the word over and over again, but well, because at the time Huck Finn was written, that was appropriate language. Right. But the thing is, in uh, fact, it, you, in, in fact, I think that a, I think a a black man would be offended at not being a nigger at that time. And the thing is, Mark Twain was actually um, criticized not for using nigger, but because he actually was showing respect to a black character within his story. Because Jim really was a, a well-rounded character. He was a heroic character. You know, him and um, Hawk formed a really good bond. It. You know, it, it was him in a very positive light, and he got Mark Twain got a lot of criticism for that. Absolutely, that's Mark Twain's. Nowadays. Mark Twain's sympathies are are very clearly with that character. Right. The character of Jim are deaf is he's not a he's a noble in the story. Right. And um, people that want to ban the book want to ban it because of the word nigger. They don't look at the fact that actually the black character is treated really well and with a lot of respect. They ignore that. Why? Because oh, nigger, you can't use that word. You can't say it. But in the case of the book, it's not offensive. Now, I just loaned Mac a book. Um, who's Farnham's Freehold, Robert Heinlein. Yeah, and it's about what? Uh, it, it was written in the 60s, right? Right. In it, um, the main characters are a white family that have a black servant. The father continuously refers to the black servant as a Negro. And the son, who, when he's mad at the black servant, calls him a nigger. And the father's like, no, you don't call him a nigger. And it's actually an argument they have at one point. And it's oh. interesting to see that, you know, just back in the 60s. Um, how, how many different permutations of different things, different names, have we gone through with, with the black people? I mean, how many different things? There was a time period in our history where if you didn't call them colored, that was an offense. If there was a time period in history where it was only African American polite to use, um, there's a there's a time period in history where person of color, woman of color, man of color were the correct terminology, and you know it's it just it swings around, and we've got to get away from being afraid of the past so we can remember the people are just people. Part of the issue here is that words change meaning over time. They do not stay static. So the word nigger at one point, which was how how you just refer to them, became a slang term which eventually became you know something that you know we don't want to talk about we don't want to admit that we, that we that you know that the word exists the word gay is very similar 
Oh, it's faggot. gone from meaning happy to, to really technically yeah. is faggot a better word than nigger yet you can get away with saying faggot but both of them right now are derogatory words you're insulting people they're very pejorative yeah they're, they're, they're pretty much the same style of word right, but, but nigger is one that due to our culture right now you can't say while faggot you know, you do hear that. It's right, fairly but out there. The word gay has gone from meaning happy to meaning homosexual. Right. So anything previously that was written, even even in the Bible, where they might have used the word gay to refer to happy, now when it's read has a different context. And well, makes people snicker. And makes and same people with snicker. Faggot. faggot was a piece of wood. You threw another faggot on the fire. You are um, cigarettes for faggots. Well, yeah, yeah you but your the, the way that the yeah. term came to be used in terms of in terms of homosexuals though, is that they actually did use to homosexuals at the stake of it. <laughs> oh. Seriously. I think I think the word faggot is still used to refer to cigarettes in England, isn't it? I don't no, think it's just a pejorative fag. term. Not faggot. Okay, just fag. Fag is fag okay. is the cigarette. And actually in a lot of in some par- parlance, fagged can mean tired. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, um, back, what was this? You, the, we have, um, you know, out here as a kid, we learned one low, two low, three low Indian. Well, in England, it was one low, two low, three low niggers. And so the um, nigger was actually more acceptable in England for longer. Um, you look at the movie, um, Pink Floyd, The Wall. In it, the main character is watching older um, war movie where the dog's name is Nigger. And there's a scene, you know, Nigger got ran over by a car or something like that. It's the name of the dog. I always thought that was a bit interesting because, like, wow, you know, David the dog nigger. Well, apparently, that- um, apparently, one of the Agatha Christie books, the uh, and then there were none, was originally titled Ten Niggers." Right, and, and it came from the song. I, I do remember hearing that. So you know, and Negro is still used around the world as a reference to a shade of brown because it the other languages that's what it means brown. So. You know, specifically, it, it, specifically the Latin and the Germanic tongues. Right. Mm. So it, it's definitely interesting to look at the fact that we hide the, the existence of, uh, we tried, you know, a few years back, there was a bunch of black leaders got together and supposedly had a funeral for the word nigger. And I'm sitting here the whole time looking at us like, no, that's not going to do anything. That's denying it. That's hiding it. That's dancing around it. That's not actually addressing the, the real issue. Well, you know, you got to let's come back to our article. The discussion we're having now is probably the discussion that he wanted to have in class. I would hope so. I, yeah. I kind of suspect that's the case. But but did it get out of hand? I don't probably. know. It probably got out of hand. Okay. Temperatures went high. Okay. But here's the thing is that so but did this teacher not, and not knowing, you know, of course, what happened in class, did he do something out of line? I don't know. I have no idea based uh, on this article. In one of the right. follow-up articles, he did admit to taking it too far. He did admit to using it out of context, and he admitted to making some racist jokes. But I, I honestly think that his intention in the first place was just to bring up some discussion. And I think it's, I think it's sad that it went too far. I think it's sad that people got hurt. But yeah. we need to get to a point where this word can't hurt. Right, and, well, and that's the thing. We we give words so much power, that's and true. They, they only have power if you give them power, or if they're parts of a spell. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you know, fuck the fucking fuckers. <laughs> that's right. What was it that uh, George Carlin said about the fuck? It's the beginning of life, but it's also where you're, we're used to one another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's an interesting discussion to have and one that's, you know, worthy of having because certainly, you know, right. it's a part of our history and, and it should be able to be done tastefully. It should be. And people who are pure of intent should be able to enter into dialogues and actually talk about these things. But oh, yeah. sadly, 
the word itself, that six-letter word, is a word of such intense taboo that if it crosses your lips, you are automatically branded as the worst kind of hater. Right. Yeah. And yet stuff like you go down south to Mississippi where my um, wife's family lives, it comes out of their mouth all the time. You go to certain parts of Denver where there are a higher a higher population of black men and black women, and it leaves their lips at the time. But you daren't say it. Right. So. All right. Well, I think we're that's about it. You guys think yep. so? All right. I think we have I think we have flogged this particular six letter debtors. I think we have too. All right, and of course, come see us at Mile High Con. And uh, check us if out you, on Facebook. Check us out on Facebook. If you would like to send us an email and uh, uh, tell us what you think about our little discussion here, you can email the whole cast at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 720-295-7785. And remember, any of you listening out there, you're only assuming we're all right. <laughs> we released the podcast under a Creative Commons 3.5 license. We'd love to have you share our work with other people, but we'd prefer that you didn't edit or change the file in any way. And of course, our music is by OMG. And if you can find them, let me know because I can't anymore. Good night.